Hey, Bluntheads, welcome to Bluntcast number five from our Facebook Live series. In this uh, sit-down, we uh, Zoomed with Philly burlesque queen, sexuality expert, and fitness instructor, Timory Lee. Oh, and also host of the Sex with Timory podcast. And uh, Timory talked to, uh, to us about the porn industry, how it's been affected, how the history of burlesque has prepared it for this moment. Um, what are the some of, what are some of the strangest DMs she's received, and how the fitness world has moved to an online world for classes, and just different ways to cope with what's going on right now. It's an informative but also funny and refreshing interview that we all could use right now in this stressful time. So we hope you enjoy it. Keep an eye on Facebook for more live blunt casts Monday, Wednesday, Friday nights. And they also show up on our YouTube channel after we edit them. And so follow us on YouTube if you want. The Philly Blunt. All one word. YouTube search. You'll find us. Thanks. Enjoy. Oh, we made it. Facebook let us on tonight. Sweet. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Philly Blunt. My name's Johnny Goodtimes. I'm Reef. This is Greg. And <laughs> who's, our, who's our special guest tonight? Oh, hi. You're the host. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I, what's, I was order of operations, no, not Timory. <laughs> hey, no, no introduction at all? No, I was going to let her. I mean, she's got the... Uh, uh, Tim Marie, can you show us your balloon background? Oh, yes. This is very important. Everybody yeah. needs to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, right, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. So uh, how's everybody uh, How's everybody hanging in? Oof. We actually played outside today, just on the block, but it was. it felt like we were at, might as well have been at Six Flags Great Adventure, you know? Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 Actually, outdoors. It was beautiful out tonight. Yeah, I did. I did see a lot of people hanging, which made me very uncomfortable. You know. Yeah, yeah. My I saw kids, kids. I saw kids running a game of ball at Rizzo Park, like basketball. See what I'm saying? Like, like going on. Yeah, nah. Yeah. I love the yeah, idea that they're like blissfully unaware of it. That's my hope is that they're just living their lives and like somebody out there is still feeling joy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I hope this is like just be children. Like yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we were uh, went out for a run today, and I knew it was going to be crazy down at like Schuylkill uh, on Schuylkill River Trail. So ran somewhere else because it's like you know, I, you don't you want to keep away from people, yeah. but you know, and the the bottom line is everybody's still going to be out. But that's everybody was st- still out in New York a week ago. Yeah, now look at New York. You know, so I mean, it's it's you know, you try to try to do your part, but if everybody's not making an effort, it, you wonder what good it is. Well, that's the thing is that, like, I feel like if, you know, if you're if you're distancing and you're washing your hands, I mean, you, you got to still get sunlight, and I don't know what people are supposed to do, man, you know? Yeah. Well, you got to go for a walk. You just got to be smart about it. There are right. people, they're the double widers. They drive me crazy. It's two friends or spouses or partners. And they just stay, they won't go single file when you're going down the sidewalk. They're double wide. I'm like up against the wall, like with my back to them until they turn. Because you don't know if they're going to sneeze or cough. Well, okay. So before all of this happened, my biggest problem 
uh, all the time, I would just like lose my shit constantly, is how bad people are at managing space. Like people would walk down the sidewalk four wide, like they are in the entrance to like a mean girls, you know, like they're all just like in a, in a teen movie and they all have to walk next to each other. That was always my fucking problem. This was my problem in grocery stores. People just not paying attention. And now it's like, if you do it, you're a genuinely bad person too. Right. <laughs> right. You well, don't have any real consideration. Yeah. Everything, you know, they, people say that everything has changed in the last couple of weeks. Uh, but I went for a run a couple of days ago on the river trail and there were six kids with pen sweatshirts. Everybody's trying to keep social distance. And there's six kids with pen sweatshirts that were blocking the entire trail by having just to talk in a circle. And I was like, things don't change that much. <laughs> no, it's, they're, they're the same. It's the same pen kids just blocking the entire trail. And everybody's just like staring at them angrily. It's like it's, and, and then I drove to uh, Atlantic City yesterday and the, the the Jersey drivers are still just bats out of hell. Met, like, like, like they're driving like they just did the biggest, greatest hit of meth. And they're like, now I'm going to get it up to 120. And they just, everybody's gunning it. So I was like, all right, some things have not changed. I'm more like, curious like, what you're doing, like driving in Atlantic City in the middle of the night. Like, what's going on? I wasn't, it wasn't old. <laughs> you got to make money. You got to make, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, you got to make money. How you can make money, Reef? I don't need to, you know, this is live on Facebook. I, I, I don't need to give you a whole bunch of details. I was on my way to Atlantic City. That's all you need to know. Hey, man. They blew up the chicken man last night. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I got a whole story for that one, too, but we'll save that for later. Yeah, you know, I was at I, I was at Acme yesterday, and Acme at Front and Snyder has arrows at the beginning of the aisles to know. All right, we're walking this way and this one, so no one crosswalks like cross each other. Great, great idea. So I was behind this older couple, probably late sixties. The woman's got a bandana, a mask, and a bandana on, and I'm waiting to go down the the chip aisle to get some Doritos behind her. And she comes, she grabs whatever she grabs, and she's walking my way. I'm like, no, 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 that way, that way. And she goes, what are you talking about? I said, the arrows, traffic goes that way. And she goes, oh, please, I even got diabetes. And she walks past me. <laughs> it's like, coward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, we, yeah. We're, we're, not, we're not in a nation of people that give a shit. You know, like, that's, oh that's not, you know, that's, that's part of the problem. We live in a country of people who just don't give a shit about anything already. My so when God. you tell them, like, oh, now you need to start giving a shit. They're like, yeah, I'm going to start now. But now, but it is, but it is weird. Like I was in Walgreens. I I might've talked about this the other day, but I was in Walgreens and like, there was uh, strips of tape that are like six feet apart and everybody's standing six feet. And like, you're like the whole line in Walgreens is six feet apart. I took a photo. I was like, this is crazy. Like, this is their reality right now. Like you feel like this is something out of a history book, Mm -hmm. but like we're standing in a line and they're all behind like tape. People were doing it though. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that was impressive. I mean, this is this is like so my dad is is sixty nine years old. Nice. Nice. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, these are uh, from (laughs) but um no, he said that this is the the weirdest and worst thing that's ever happened in his lifetime. And I mean this guy's been alive for a lot of stuff. Like Right. That's and and where he is is a very small town, uh, yet they still have like they've been barely hit by it because apparently I mean it's a small town but like apparently some guy came back from a cruise through California 
didn't know he had it. And then this small town, poof, you got it. And uh, then he didn't have running water for a little bit. So on top of everything, it's just like, it's straight up. It's not even first world problems anymore. Right, right, right. So, so Tim Marie, let's talk a little bit about the adjustment you've had to make. Because you do, I mean, you do like, you have like 12 different she's jobs. Out every, every night she's out in public. Yeah, they've all been affected or- by this. <laughs> You know, you run workout classes, you do dance classes, you do uh, sexual education classes. I mean, everything you do is somehow tied into what's happening right now. And I don't even know where to begin, but what's been the biggest change for you in the past two weeks from where your life was, say, in late February? So it got very, very real when... um... A few weeks ago, we still had a bunch of shows scheduled. So I work my my daytime life. I do education. I do fitness uh, instruction. So I'm in gyms, right? And I'm like surrounded by people and touching things that other people are touching. And that was that was getting weird. But in nightlife, where we pack people in, uh, I work I work in a lot of bars. I work in venues. I do uh, burlesque and event promotion. So. It was funny because it was like our last last couple days where I was like, I mean, I have to go to work. I have to go. This this is not like an optional thing for me. Um, and I'm I don't regret that I did it because I needed that money to be honest. Because now I don't make any money. But um, I was actually like grateful that being a person on stage and being able to hide in the DJ booth, I was able to keep physical distance from people. Um, so that was crazy. Everything got just like it went very quickly. I went from having two shows a night, three days in a row there, um, and gigging all day long and all day night, all of a sudden I had this free time, which is the craziest thing, Um, which would be fun if, uh, you know, they didn't still want rent money from me. Right, right, right. (laughs) What are you you doing to supplement the lost income? So immediately after that happened, uh, I started being like, would people want to work out virtually with me? Mm. So I have the incredible fortune that I've got a little bit of room in my living room and I, my live-in partner is fairly adapted tech and was able to like set me up with a whole situation with like lights that I can like rig it to record and do all this kind of stuff. So within a couple of days, I was able to get up to like basically a small business of like virtual classes. People can nice. take one, they can sign up for a weekly thing. I now have to be uh, my own like sound and light person. I'm my own receptionist, my own billing department. Like this has come fast. I've had to learn so many things so quickly. And I honestly, it's just like, because those of us who are, this age redacted whatever uh we've had to do this the whole time anyway so like you know the economy never was what our parents told us that it was going to be right and we've just had to like scramble and gig this whole time anyhow so it was just more of the same but real fast right yeah i think this is uh um as a friend of mine would say this is hustler season this is for the hustlers <laughs> out here like, like you got you know what i mean yeah. like you got to be on your toes right now yes. you know yeah, because yeah. so, they're not they're not arguing in Congress about how can we help uh, how can we help people that have uh, four uh, hustle jobs. Right, yeah. right. No, nobody's no, there's no bailout for those of us that are doing music or hosting quizzo or hosting dance classes. Right. Nobody, there's no congressman that's like, wait a second, this is my priority. Right. Like, well, yeah. honestly, though, like, oh, sorry, go ahead, please. Well, yeah, I think we all have to like create not you, you, not you, our guest. <laughs> <laughs> ah, he's just sitting back in front of that power. <laughs> oh, 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 Reese! <laughs> Golly, man! 
Well, what I was going to say is that uh, I follow uh, AOC on on uh, on Twitter, uh, Congresswoman <laughs> AOC, um, and she was talking about like, the initial stages of the bailout. And I had specifically tweeted at her because I was like, I have been trying to get my senators on the phone to ask them like how part-time people, freelancers, independent contractors are going to be in- impacted this and have not heard a word from my senators. Will there be anything? AOC responded to me. And I was like, nice. oh my God, you have a fan for life. Because she was like, we are trying to. Republicans are not interested. Right. <laughs> like the right. individual right. people, they just want to bail out the companies. Right. We're trying. So we'll see. I think a lot of like low wage jobs and part time people won't get anything. But right. um, yeah. yeah. She's a rec- I, was, I was just going to say that like, yeah. um, people like us that that work in you know independent contractors lifestyle we're a little bit more adapted to this i'm more concerned about people that like they their whole life has been they went to school they got the degree they have the nine to five and now they're kind of out here floundering you know what i mean like we are a little bit better at adapting like obviously we don't have the same 401ks and all that other jazz but in situations like this i feel like people like us creative minds thrive a little bit better so that's the only advantage i think we have yeah yeah, because we don't, we've, we've never had uh, we've never had a net. We've been on a tightrope for however many years, and we don't have a net. So if the, if things get windy, oh shit, I better figure this wind out. Like you know, like you can't just be like, oh, that's fine, I'll just fall off and net will catch me. Like so, like in a way, I think that's an advantage. Like for me, like in two weeks, I've basically like re reinvented Quizzo, you know, and like. Mm-hmm. And, and like Tim Marie, like you're in the same boat. Like you have to reinvent hosting events for people that aren't that that were used to being with you in person, but you have to have those people come back to you like in Zoom. Have, have, how effective has that been? Telling your regular clients, okay, instead of being in the same room together, we're going to see you virtually. It super depends on the content. So um, I had a burlesque persona workshop planned through the Philadelphia Burlesque Academy. And I was able to translate that online. And that wasn't too big of a deal. We just did it through a Zoom. We talked like this. Um, when I transitioned fitness over, like that, you know, people, that's pretty much your option now. You either like work out in your house by yourself or you work out in your house by yourself with somebody virtually. <laughs> your options. So that's okay. Um, but burlesque, like, I don't know how that's going for folks. I was a part of a show called... Um, the Resilience Review. And basically the idea is that it's a bunch of burlesquers who have sort of banded together and the first person starts the show and then directs everybody where to send money and then which Instagram Live to go to next. So we each just went Instagram Live in a row. And it was like so strange um, to perform to no one, you know, to silence. It's just the music. Uh, even though there were people that were watching it, or actually, you know, it was like 100 and 200 people like watched it and people sent money, which was amazing. And it like, oh, my heart. Um, but it's a very strange thing to do to silence. And, um, you know, like, I think people come to shows for the social element. And, you know, like, there's no, the venue is their house, so they don't have to get cleaned up or whatever. That's nice. But like... <laughs> But a lot of them are coming to see their friends as much as they're coming to see the show. Yeah, right. I wanted so, to ask can, you about. Go ahead, Greg. So, when you do that, the the burlesque, can you see? Do you just see names, or do you see the little like little thumbnails of the people that are there watching? 
Do you so what we did for this one show, the resistance uh, resilience review, was just we each went on our Instagram live. So when I'm, oh, I got you. I'm not seeing anybody because I'm busy. But yeah. like, uh, you know, like if I had been sitting down by the phone, I could see people like I could see the heart bubbles coming up in comments. Yeah, yeah. And when other people were performing, I could see the same thing on theirs. Um, we're trying to figure out, and like, if anybody in the world's going to figure this out, it's going to be burlesquers because we are scrappers, and this has been the working class art form since the jump. So like, this is going to be like, nobody is more resilient than, than sex workers and strippers. So like, mm-hmm. somebody's gonna figure it out. They're gonna figure out how to do the webinar <laughs> where you can have everybody stripping in their own houses and the audience can be like down in the bottom and you can see a little heads or something. Somebody's gonna figure yeah. it out. Like, that's I wanted to ask you about, um, I feel like burlesque over the past couple of years has become, I'm wondering for someone that's been in the trenches for a long time doing it, do you see this as sort of like it blowing up or becoming trendy? Because there's a difference between the two. Um, I'd say that, I mean, burlesque is super old. Like as right. a genre, it's like thousands, you know? Right. Um, I would it say- It feels like in the past couple of years it's become like, I see it a lot more like prevalent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it's more mainstream now. Um, and it would be closer to what it was like. And this is funny now that you ask that. Um, before radio was invented, burlesque and uh, comedy were, were still really closely combined together in vaudeville. And when radio came around, all the comedians went to radio. And it really killed vaudeville. And burlesque sort of had to shift with that. So burlesque became a lot less about the narrative and a lot less about the comedy and a lot more just like straight striptease. Mm-hmm. Like just the itchy, itchy part. Right, right, right. So burlesque has changed forms pretty much every other decade okay. um, since its inception. So I feel like this is just going to be its next one, right? Like it went from <laughs> being like, you know, burlesque classes for, for moms in the suburbs. And now it's going to become something else. Who knows what right. it'll be yeah we, we we had talked i think the the last time when we did the podcast with you a while back we had talked about kind of some of the differences between burlesque and stripping um do you know i don't know if you're in touch with anybody in that world i'm curious like because that's obviously something that 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 that's got to be a total game changer too because you know physical contact is a big part of stripping i don't know if you've talked to anybody in that world in terms of how this i mean this has to be just absolutely it's like it's similar to like working in the restaurants like all of a sudden you've gone overnight to having nobody to you know there's no way to work because there's nobody there yeah so i'm actually it's funny you should ask that i'm doing an article for the philly weekly right now on how like burlesquers strippers sex workers have been impacted and there's a couple different ways to answer that. And the, like, there's this re- like glimmer of hope story. There are some strippers who <laughs> they started a thing called Boober Eats. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, we all saw about that. <laughs> We're three men. There, there's no sports going on. Our text chains are full of Boober Eats messages. Yeah. So it's like strippers who were working in the club are now delivering the food. Because, again, the most resilient human beings, right? Um, but on the other hand, there's a lot of folks who, like, have been doing a lot more camming work, a lot more OnlyFans. Um, they're doing, you know, just more like custom and bespoke uh, work like that and selling pictures and videos and, and that kind of thing. That's still definitely a thing. Um, and then some people just aren't making money right now. You know, like there's also just people who are just kind of screwed. I follow some sex workers who are, who are sick too, right? Like because oh, wow, people got yeah. sick. 
And um, like, there's a, a friend of mine, she's a, she's a dom and she's sick right now. And she's just like, well, that's it. I mean, like, what am I going to do? Like, right. how do right. you dom from afar? It's, I mean, it's possible, but it's a lot harder. Um, right. So it just varies. And, it, and this, I think if anything has ever blown up the inequality, uh, the socioeconomic inequality in the U.S., this has really, really made it obvious. Right. So if you're privileged, you can probably scramble, right? If you have a nice apartment to yourself, you can just cam all day and just right. change, 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 change. Um, if now suddenly you have a bunch of roommates who are home and you can't cam anymore or like you've got family now or whatever, um, those people are going to have a harder time. So it's, I think it just totally depends on, on how you were situated to begin with. Right. So can we say for our fans who don't know what camming is? Ooh, good question. Yeah, so camming, uh, you'll maybe hear the term cam girls. Um, basically, it's like a like an online, um, it's like the next generation from phone sex. So it's an interactive through video. So uh, it might be uh, that you just sit in somebody's room and, and sending tips to play games or to chat, or they do sexy stuff like strip teases and uh you know, if they have another school, like if they're a hoofer, um, like a, they can spin a hoop or they have some, you know, magic tricks, whatever. Like they're just entertainers and, and they work basically for tips online. And you can do, do you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you know what kind of percentage those sites take for the, like the cam fees? I think it varies. Um, oh. I'm sure all of them are super bad. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sure all of them take a pretty good chunk. I mean, that's how they... Anybody who's going to make money off of girls getting naked probably takes more than they're supposed to. Yeah. 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 Over the uh, past uh, few years, the, the uh, sex work is work movement has kind of taken off a little bit. Are, did you, are you seeing the perceptions changing a little bit, the respect getting a little bit more? Because as, as, a, as a, obviously, an older guy, I'm, I'm almost 39, 40, um, growing up, I never looked at – yeah, I got to throw that in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah nice, nice. <laughs> Um, but as a young, you know, growing up, I never viewed it that way. But the over the years, my perception has changed in that world and that my view of that. Do you see that happening more and more with people becoming realizing that it isn't something to be ashamed of or something to look down on? Yeah, big time. I think the thing that really, really crystallized it, people have been doing work uh, in sex workers rights for always. Like there's, there's always been people in the trenches doing this kind of stuff and trying to get people bail money and trying to make sure that... Um, you know, people are, are being treated fairly by the police. Like there's been, there's a lot of issues with uh, police abuse of sex workers. Of but the thing that really- They really abuse everybody, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, the thing that really changed stuff was FOSTA-SESTA. This was a couple of um, package bills, one in the, in the House and, and one in the Senate that were meant to combat uh, sex trafficking. That's what the intention was. But what it actually did was a bunch of censorship online. And it's why, it's not why Backpage went down, but it's related to that. Mm -hmm. um, and the DOJ was actually opposed to FOSTA-SESTA because they said it'll make it actually harder to find people who are being trafficked because you're just going to drive everything underground. It was really easy to find trafficking victims when you can just go on Backpage and you can just go on Craigslist and you can look for, um, for sex workers. But when it's illegal to talk about sexuality or sexual services or to have your, your like, too much skin on Facebook uh, because the site will become liable for sex trafficking um, because our because our government doesn't distinguish between 
consensual sex work and trafficking. This is the crux of the problem, is that it's because it's illegal, the government doesn't distinguish between trafficking and somebody who's going like, this is the job that works for me, or this is the job that I have, or whatever. So because of that, there was nothing we could do but have a much more uh, vocal opposition and a much more prominent that like sex work is work. This has existed forever. Let's be practical about this. Um, people are, are being really, really seriously affected. So since Boston Sexta, and that was, God, 2018 seems like a million years ago now, but since then it's been super, super prominent. Yeah. So can, can I ask you, oh, last time we had talked, you had discussed about, um, we discussed polyamorous relationships. So in these, in this climate, is there often, is it, uh, in those relationships, is it more common that two people are quarantined together and the other, the outside people, there's other people outside who are quarantined away? And what kind of impact would that have? Jealousy? Would that create jealousy? Does it make the bond between other people stronger? And I don't know, the dynamics of that. Yeah, so polyamory um, is just is, is one example of consensual non-monogamy and the idea that you're in uh, relationships with more than one person or you can be open to sexual romantic experiences with multiple people. Um, it's just different than monogamy. So it's constructed in a lot of different ways. And some people have one primary partner and then they have other people who are who are more tertiary and secondary etc other people have relationship anarchy where everybody exists sort of like on the same plane and no one is privileged above another um so like in relationship anarchy even in theory like friendships not lower than romantic partner it's just relationships it's, it's based on how close you are as a person um then there's also models of um group relationships where it's multiple people are connected to each other so there's just lots of options and people construct these relationships differently so depending on the situation maybe they already all live together or maybe uh, a couple people live together and then they have partners elsewhere and they've just been like zooming a lot you know like <laughs> it just super depends and, and then if you're just like a swinger i would say you probably just should hunker down right now <laughs> go back out <laughs> I was going to ask you, like, like in terms of, you know, you've got your ear pretty low to the ground. I mean, this is a radical thing. You know, we're, we're all, you know, boring old married guys. But, like, this has to be a radical thing for single people. And, like, the way that dating is conducted. I mean, we live in this, like, Tinder world where people are just like, hey, I'll meet you at a bar in five minutes. And now that's not a thing anymore, like overnight. Like, ha have you talked to people just in terms of how radically dating has been changed in this whole thing? Yeah. So I have a few friends that I've talked to this week who are like, I went on my, uh, I went on a date this week and I braced myself because uh, I'm like, they're responsible. <laughs> but the answer is they went on a date like virtually. Um, and People are just doing that, like, so they'll match on Tinder, and then they'll do a Zoom or a Skype or a FaceTime, and um, I love that, and I'm also just like, oh, God, things are just so weird. Um, yeah, people, you know, people are horny, and people seek connection. Like, that's how we, as a species, are only, we are only here. All of us are only here because our ancestors got along with other people. Right, right. Can you speak to the to the what what that is about the body when something like this happens that the 
the horniness level kind of rises. <laughs> Yo, I, idle hands, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for one thing, it's just we, we're dealing with an incredible amount of, like, depression, anxiety, and a bunch of other fields in addition to free time, right? And people will find coping strategies. We are all about coping strategies. Um, so that's going to be one of the things. The other thing is that, like, we have a human need for connection, including physical contact, and everybody has a different threshold for that. Like some people really don't need a lot of touch. It goes a long way. Other people are really, really skin hungry. But skin hunger is a real ass thing. And we have lots of evidence that people who get lots of like wanted physical touch are healthier. They have higher um, levels of satisfaction for in, in mental health. They heal faster from surgery. They rate themselves as more likely to like want to get better. Like um, we see people um, decline much faster in old age if they're not routinely touched. And we see severe cognitive impairments in babies if they're not like cuddled from early on like this is a human need that we have really discounted for a long time we act like it's not a real thing but it is and so if people are isolated generally and loneliness is a real ass problem this is just going to make it worse so that's i mean i don't know what's going to happen like i don't know how long this is going to sustain but people might just lose their shit and then they'll just be like huddle raves you know right, just right, to, like, right. yeah. <laughs> we had a professional cuddler on a couple episodes back and oh, yeah man th that skin hunger thing is is for real mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I guess, it, does uh, it great does it make it tougher or easier in these times that porn is so readily available yes <laughs> I mean, porn has been pretty accessible for a while. Well, um, we're old, so yeah. I mean, I'm imagining back in the day when we had a couple magazines, and that was it. Yeah, I and mean, we are not that old. Y'all gotta stop saying that, man. We're older. <laughs> we're, we're, we're pretty old. Did y'all look? Like you guys you see this background? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Earth. It's supposed to be the Earth. He's protecting the Earth. <laughs> Oh, it's my green screen. I couldn't get it set up tonight, so I gave up. It's kind of sad. It's a good look. Just, uh, um, just, a, just, a, just a half green screen behind me. It's like a giant yoga ball behind me. Green screen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> green screen. I'm showing her Johnny's green screen. Can't figure it out. <laughs> like, what are you let me, let me look at this pathetic green screen. On the porn note, I did want to say, I just, I read today that Playboy announced, uh, I guess this is technically, uh, no, this is not the second time. Uh, Playboy just announced that their spring issue is going to be their last print, wash, print issue. What? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that on your feed. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. I, I read Playboy. the note. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, like, they're, it's funny because they open it up with, like, uh, Playboy's actually doing better than ever, like, business-wise. Yeah, um, I was like, what? I was like, it, it, like, how is that How is that possible? Yeah, what do they do? I mean, they have online stuff. They have, um, I mean, stores and merch and stuff still. Um, my partner gets the, the print uh, edition. It's actually pretty good magazine. Yo, they have great, great articles. You know, that's that's like a joke article. that's been going on for years. Like, oh, they got great art, but they really do. Yeah, yeah. Sure. The best readers write for that. I mean, that's the crazy thing. Yeah. Like, that's 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 America. 
you know, but like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I, I, I'm curious as to what the future holds for. I mean, it's, it's one of the most iconic brands in the country, but what, 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 you know, what's the future hold now that everybody has free porn? Well, yeah, but I guess it's like, we weren't going to Playboy for the porn really at this right. point, because like, well, not at this point when we, yeah. when we were 14. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I'm uh, frustrated by continuously is that Pornhub does great stuff. Pornhub will go in there and it will do some like community service or like pave a street or like donate books or whatever. But they are also a terrible company. Uh, Pornhub is owned by MindGeek and they have a bajillion dollars. And a lot of the content on Pornhub is stolen. And the people who made it aren't making any money off of it, but Pornhub is. And so it's really frustrating because Pornhub is donating a lot of money to things uh, for Corona, which is awesome. Uh, but yeah, they still keep having stolen content up there. And to get your content taken back down, you have to like find it, tell them, give them your legal name and a bunch of other stuff. And it's like a whole big whoop-de-doo. And then um, anytime you're doing like legal stuff like that, you give out your legal name, there's a chance of being docked or, uh, doxed or uh, stalked or whatever. Um, I I've always wondered, like a lot. I feel like a lot of that stuff, uh, from 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 what I've heard, um, the videos. <laughs> it doesn't seem like there's. I feel like some of that's like like jealous or evil ex boyfriend like posting stuff. Oh, like, like revenge porn. Yeah, that type of stuff. Or like even videos. I'm I'm not sure that the woman or even maybe the man is aware that this is on Pornhub. You know what I mean? It like, how do they get it? It could be. So there, there's two there's two explanations there for that concept. One, it could be um, porn taken without people's volition. That is absolutely a real-ass problem. It happens to people all the time. Um, but it's also a genre, right? Like, people really like porn that looks like it was taken mm. when it wasn't supposed to be. Like, <laughs> they, they were saying that, like, this was set up in the women's bathroom. <laughs> like, so it's also, you know, a genre. So it's hard to tell. It's really difficult to tell. The, 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 the director of Porky's understood all this. Porky's? <laughs> so, that's, so, the, that's the most dated reference we've had thus far. Yeah, <laughs> dog. Now, now, now you are you are old. Yeah, you're old as shit. Yeah, Jesus trying, Christ. We're trying to say we're not old. <laughs> so so now we're, we're, we're saying... Porky's references... With a men or men or women alone who may want to use porn, ethically the best way to do it is going to be cam or phone or instead of Pornhub. Or go directly to the porn stars and buy it from them. For years and years and years and years and years, um, sex worker activists have been trying to say this. Go to your favorite porn stars Twitter. Go to their website. They will give you twenty different ways to pay them money <laughs> for porn. <laughs> absolutely not difficult at all um it is it is a great thing to do to go directly and support the performers that you like if you don't have a performer that you like you can just go to a more ethical company um like bright desires is, is mostly all um videos made by real couples and then it's it's put up there there's also um ethical companies um like, are, are the are the women are the women owned ones any better than the male owned ones? I mean, I wouldn't say that gender inherently is going to do it, but but companies that focus on having a female audience that want um, that want that 
are more likely to be good to their performers too, more ethically sourced. Uh, so like, yeah, like pink and white productions comes to mind. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, if you Google feminist porn, <laughs> your search history will be great. And also <laughs> a lot of great companies that are making much more ethical porn where they take the, the artists into consideration, the performers are, are consenting to everything that's happening, they're getting paid for it appropriately, etc. So um, yeah, look for some feminist porn. Uh, it doesn't mean the content itself will be inherently like um, woman empowering because yeah. feminist porn that's just like right. super degrading and filthy and like whatever you're looking for, they got it. But it would be more about like um, everybody was on board. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Write this down. Feminist porn. <laughs> this guy. How, how have things, how have things changed? Because like you know, like things, you know, now we, we talk about Pornhub and so forth. Like now that, I mean, almost everything you want is free. Like even from the wild west days of the internet 15 years ago, that's a radical departure back then. Everybody paid for subscriptions and what have you. Like how did, how does anybody making money now when all the content's free? I mean, it's harder, but it's definitely the big companies still make it. The performers make less. Right. Okay. Yeah, big companies. I wanted to ask you what you thought about. Um, I've seen a lot of uh, memes and things like that that are kind of like looking at how gender roles are defined in a situation like this. Um, I saw one the other day that was like, we're looking at guys different now. We want to see a guy that, that knows how to hunt, knows how to cook. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was laughing at that because I'm like, we live in a city. I'm not going to be able to hunt anything but raccoons. What do you but, but do you think that 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 like naturally people kind of go to that you're supposed to be the hunter-gatherer thing? Or is that just like short short-minded? I mean, I think that there probably is going to be some data about like in wartime. And I would consider us like... Right some kind of in wartime right now how in wartime we do probably have at least a segment of the population if not if not the majority a segment of the population will much more strictly adhere to conservative values to whatever is tradition whatever is familiar whether it's good or bad what's more familiar will feel mm -hmm. good to them mm -hmm. and then there are other people who are going to be in the face of great trauma be like now is our time to right. make all the changes right. so my personal thought is we're going to see much more polarization about this. The people mm -hmm. who are already about tr traditional values are just going to dig in their heels more. Right. And the people that were like, we need to get rid of capitalism mm -hmm. uh, are going to be that much more like, well, it's done anyway. So now let's go with right. it. Do, yeah. we ever, do we ever find common ground? Ever? I mean, maybe individual people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying us as a whole, it'll never happen, right? I don't think it will. No. It's time to give her that ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to give up. I, I, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm a federalist now. I only yeah. care what happens in Philly. I only care what happens in Pennsylvania. The rest of the country is. What did you say you are? What? What did you say you are now? I'm a, I'm a Philly guy now. I'm official. He's like, a federalist. Like, a like, federalist. Yeah, I'm a federalist. Like, like what? Like dude, that only makes me federal. think of federal donuts, and now I want a chicken sandwich. In Alabama, they're saying like, "Oh, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do any of this. Like, we're just gonna, you know, if people die, they die." And it's like, well, I can't, I can't get mad at that. Like, that's that might as well they, they might as well be 
you know, in like Belarus or something. Like, it, it no longer, at some point, you just have to give up on the concept of, oh, I'm an American, I care about all the other Americans. At some point, you just have to say, no, if they're so stupid that they're just going to let themselves die because if they, if they didn't interact, then it would be giving up freedom. Then, like, yeah. they, then, you know, as Ivan Drago says, let them die. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. I can't, at a certain point, like, I can't be he, like. He used to be a liberal back in the day. Yeah, I did. But, like, at a certain point, it's like, how can I, how can I care about what happens in Alabama if they're not going to protect themselves? Right. No, I get it. You know, like, I, I have to, it. I want to take care of my family. I want to take care of all you guys. I love all you guys. Like, I want us to all, right. like, well, this is get through this together, but I can't, I don't have, no. you know, we, it's 325 million people. I have, right, right, right. You know, I get it. We're, the, the people right here are part of your country. And that's how I've always been. It's like, I have my country and then there's the rest of the country. It's like, right. I, I, if you don't get it, I'm not going to waste time arguing with you or posting facts and stats. I don't have time for that. I care right. about the people that yes. matter. That's what we've learned in the last four years. Is, is stats and facts don't matter. Facts are irrelevant. Well, like, I mean, they don't convince people, but the problem is with this this outlook. It's like we can we can mentally make that shift about who we can care about. But like for instance, I have some friends in Canada, and most of Canada's produce still comes from the U.S. Right? Like I can I can only like say I can only control so much, but like the actual ramifications of this, it will impact people because we still continue to ship things across the U.S. Right. Still rely upon each other economically. And if we did just say like, well, fuck everything below a certain line or something like that, like, I don't think that our, like, our schismed countries would do as well as we seem to think that they would. Yeah, yeah. Ours would do fine, I think. I think, I think the places, you know, I'm sorry, but the places that keep kicking us in the ass are the ones that would get screwed if we stopped paying for their bullshit. And so, like, I'm at the point where I'm just like, fuck it, all right, you don't want any federal involvement in anything? Good. You know, you get nothing. So when you, when, 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 the, when the crisis hits you, sorry. Dude, you gotta, when, you, when you do these rants, you got to raise your cane high in the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I used to have an old head friend, and he had swore he was like, the two coasts need to secede. Leave the middle. We'll take Illinois with Chicago, but it's Chicago and the two coasts and let the rest of the country fend for themselves. Right. We no, don't, I'm going to only do politics, but what's your, what's your political stance? You asking me? Yeah. <laughs> oh. I know where they stand. <laughs> I'm pretty leftist. I mean, I'm like a, a sex doctor burlesker. Right, right, right. But still, you know. <laughs> what do you feel about this administration and everything that's going on in this, 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 this time? Oh, this is perspective. If you yeah. were, if you were the MAGA burlesque dancer, you'd probably be a millionaire. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. That is a real thing. That is a person. There are people yeah. like that, and the rest of the community tends to be like, yeah, sure. They act like they're victimized, right? Yeah, I'm sure that she's dancing around with like an M16 and like, you know what I mean? <laughs> they do. They do Nazi stuff. Like, oh, oh like it's not cool. And and. Like burlesque has a really also interesting. This is this is sort of a separate issue, but burlesque has an interesting thing where in America we're much more like you can't socially um, you we're we're much more like socially conscious as as a general group of people. Um, so we're much more concerned with like cultural appropriation and doing things that are like offensive. But there are cultural differences in that. So like burlesquers in like Europe will still do blackface. 
<laughs> and then we have to be like, what? And then we have to like boycott that festival forever, you know, like because they allowed that in. Because Why would you even? Uh, I'm sorry. All right, go ahead. Continue. But yeah, no, I mean, no, that's real. So it's like Canadian and U.S. burlesquers take a pretty hard stance on like, yeah. that's not yeah. okay. No, um, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> We'll be like, that person is fucked up, and the place that allowed that to happen, we have right. to cut. But that's right. not how it is in Europe. They feel right. like these things are, you're like playing a character. Right. I'm playing up as a character. Right. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? Right. Is there like a, a certain like punk rock sort of view in terms of burlesque where you're sort of anti whatever the mainstream is? Is that part of what burlesque is? Burlesque is inherently um, a satirical art form. Like the word itself, burlesque, comes from borla. It's joke. It's parody. The whole idea of burlesque is that you take what is very serious and treat it with frivolity. And you take what is totally stupid and act like it's very, very important. And that's the whole thing. And so we've always been an extremely political art form from the beginning. Like so burlesque as a literary genre was very much a send up of aristocracy and the powers that be. And then once it became like a stage art form where it's like ladies on stage, it was inherently a big like, am I allowed to cuss by the way? I just am. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when they first got on stage, it was like, it was a big fuck you to the aristocracy. So like the images of early burlesque where there's like can can skirts and like big poofiness and like opera gloves and I'm wearing all the fancy stuff. The reason that is, is because like there's one side of town where it's Saturday night and all the fancy people are at the opera. And then all the working class people are over at the burlesque bar where it's like five cents to get in. And there's a lady on stage, which in that cultural context, the late 19th century, being a woman on stage is a sex worker. Right. Like a lady on a stage is scandal, right? Right. So first of all, you got a lady on stage and then she shows you her bits. She's dressed as a fancy lady showing you her bits. That is a huge fuck you to the aristocracy. It has yeah, always yeah. been right. super political. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. That's and I think it's crazy that like dudes were like, <laughs> you're a woman on stage showing your bits? Like, you're gonna die. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's, that's bizarre to me. I mean, we still we still have a problem with, with right. taking up space. <laughs> yeah, there's still people that think like that. That's bug the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Where'd Johnny go? He was so offended. Did you see him? I'm not gonna. I'm not taking this. A woman on stage. So, so Timory, you down in Alabama. Timory, you uh. What are you saying? I'm saying uh, you recently did a piece, Timory, on phone sex and the resurgence of it, or now is the time to engage in it. Oh, I just I found that article. I didn't write that one. Oh, you found it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically somebody was just making the case for, it was a very specific time period, right? Like we don't necessarily do it as much anymore. I mean, it still definitely exists. Phone sex lines never went away. Um, but like now maybe the time for us to, uh, focus on that particular type of intimacy. Yeah. It's a different level of vulnerability to have your brain engage in that way. Um, so yeah, that's like a thing that we could think about. It. It's, it's kind of like this kind of a vintage feel to it now. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Story time, real quick. Right. So when I was when I was younger, my mom was leaving my stepfather, who was like a horrible, abusive, ho- horrible man. Right. We knew this was happening. 
the about a week before we were leaving, me and my cousin who was staying with us at the time, we called a bunch of one nine hundred numbers and just talked to the women. Like had like hour long conversations. Like just normal <laughs> conversations yeah, about yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then I, like a month later, a month later, I my he gets a my mom gets a call from him like my phone bill's five thousand dollars. So shout out to phone sales. <laughs> yeah, shout out to phone We called like seven like one nine hundred numbers and just left. We would like put the phone down and walk away for like an hour come back yeah. and then you know they wouldn't hang up oh oh what? No. <laughs> oh that's amazing like, thank, you. Awesome. thank you thank you Timmy, th- speaking of things you found uh, you also do like an nsfw not safe for work mm-hmm. feed like is that a weekly thing i feel like it'll be like a thursday just during the middle of a weekday i just get see this good post from you with all these great fucking images and like tell us what it is and how do you how much time do you spend finding these images Oh, so that's fun. Um, so, <laughs> I guess I have a lot of porn on my computer. Um, and uh, theoretically, it's every Monday. Sometimes stuff gets hanky, like I'll be traveling or there's a pandemic. And then, <laughs> and then I'm a few days late. Uh, but normally, I try to put it up on Monday. And for the longest time, I was able to source it off of Tumblr, back when Tumblr was good. Mm. Uh, and then they ruined Tumblr, so right. now I either just have to find uh, like erotic artists, and I, I find their work, which is nice because now I actually know who did it. Because before, when it was on Tumblr, a lot of it's unattributed. Um, I also get a lot of them sent in. People will send me nice. their personal porns, and I just make sure I ask like everybody in this picture is over eighteen and is okay with this being published. Right. Um, that's obviously uh, a, a deal breaker there. Um, and then I try to curate it so that it is a mixture of genders and things happening and body types. Um, I have gotten complaints over the years about there not being enough variety in male bodies, which is a real thing because it's hard to find erotic images of men who aren't like shredded and skinny yeah. or like bare. Yeah. The two aesthetics that you can find. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's rough for us, you know? Yeah. There's no dad bod porn, really. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No erotic images of dad bods. We're out there. No, we're out there. We're out there. Y'all should make it. Send it in. (laughs) No, no, I'm good. (laughs) I I mean, you could be anonymous. You don't have to have your face in it. Wear a mask, right? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) All right. All right. Let's take it to the blunt. All right. Uh, Timory's actually been on the show before, so she knows how this works. We're going to do rapid fire questions. You give us rapid fire answers. All right. Who is your childhood actor or actress crush? Angelina Jolie. Best place right. to buy lingerie in Philadelphia. <laughs> Wait, what was that? Best place to buy lingerie in Philadelphia. I mean, personally, the candy store on South Street. Oh. Uh, is there a song you've danced to more than once while quarantining? <laughs> yeah, uh, number one crush. Who's that by? Uh, garbage. Uh, if you were a wrestler, what would be your entrance theme music? Mm, I mean, I feel like Seed 2.0. <laughs> like the roots might be good. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah, in your face. I like that. Yeah. Uh, did you go to your prom? And if so, did you have a good time? I did go to my proms with, uh, with, with boys that would later come out to be gay. Because I couldn't bring the people I was actually dating. And yes, we had a great time. 
Um, favorite brand of adult toy? Ooh, um, I'll show you. <laughs> uh, the new. Hey, that's why we're live visually. Okay. Yeah. No, hands down, my favorite. I recommend they last forever. This is the new Sensual NU. Um, this is rechargeable on the bottom, right? You don't need batteries. Plug it in there. It's a little, it basically looks like a shotgun shell. Um, works like it, too. All right. You say N-U-S-H-U-L? N-U. write this down. Yeah. Quality products. What advice would you give 18-year-old Timory? Oh, God. Boys are stupid. I just Cash app, Venmo, or PayPal? Early Venmo. <laughs> Early Venmo. Yeah, just, just to piggyback on the voice are stupid, I was listening to the new Dua Lipa album today, mm. and she's got a song where the chorus is, boys will be boys and girls will be women. <laughs> mm. Mm. Uh, you're a spicy woman? Give me a spicy series to binge watch. Oh, wow. Okay, last night I watched Feel Good. It's on Netflix. I somehow watched the entire season without like blinking. It was, it's very quick. All the episodes are like 20 minutes long. Um, the, the premise is it's like this couple that gets into relationships super fast. There's like talking about addiction and codependency. And I know that that sounds like super heavy, but it's created by this comedian. So the whole thing is so funny. I kept like laughing audibly, like awkwardly, like very loud. So Feel good. Yep. Feel good. Uh, did you watch Tiger King? No. I don't want to see tigers in captivity. That makes me sad. Mm. Okay. Uh, give us uh, a brief synopsis of one of the weirdest DMs you've ever received. Um, <laughs> I know it could go on for a whole show. Just give me one. <laughs> I get a lot where they, they want to tell me what they would like us to do together, right? And um, a lot of them for whatever reason, are explaining to me that they would be wearing pantyhose and then I would be okay. pegging them. Like, that is a re returning motif. For and our audience, explain to pegging, explain to them what pegging is. Oh, pegging is a phrase that Dan Savage uh, popularized where it's basically like a, a person who doesn't have a penis using a strap on, on usually a man in the butt. There you go. Uh, sweatpants every day. I mean, I wear gym clothes, so it's more like leggings. Who would you add to Mount Rushmore? Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> okay. Daytime shower, nighttime shower, or both? Every time I sweat. So at least every time I work out. So at least twice a day, usually. <laughs> it's like eight times a day. You have like eight jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. shower lots, yeah. <laughs> uh, give us one item you stock up on. Whiskey. <laughs> Which kind? <laughs> Bourbon, scotch? I got all the old granddad they had in the store. <laughs> nice. Oh, gee. <laughs> nice. All right. I think that's a good way to close it out. Hey, let me – I have one more question, of course. So when this is all over, we're allowed to congregate in groups. I want you to describe the first slut church in three words. <laughs> Okay. I'm a big fan of slut shirts. I, I try and go as often as possible. Okay, so this is going to be an inside joke that only the slut church thread understands, but truck nuts flogging. 
All right. Can't wait. Can't wait. Sold. Sold. Yeah. (laughs) Shout out to my Slurge fam. Yeah, shout out. Uh, right. Real quick, where can the people find you at? Give plug your plug your stuff before yeah, we yeah, go. Yeah, so yeah, if you want to see all that uh, not safe for work content, uh, that is it. Sexwithtimmery dot com. S e x w i t h t i m a r e e. You can find Sex with Timmery on Facebook as well. Uh, I am on Twitter at Timmery underscore Lee T i m a r e e underscore L e i g h. Uh, if you want to see burlesque. My uh, my stage name is Honey Tree Evil Eye. So friend me on Facebook. Uh, find me on the Instagram for lots of pictures of my butt. <laughs> nice. She's not lying. She's not lying. It's just butt. <laughs> That's it. It's the whole yep. thing. Thank you for joining us. Thank yeah, you yes again. Us. Thanks for coming back. This is fun as hell. Yeah. You rock. Thank you, Timberry. Yeah. Stay safe. Yo, yo, welcome to the home of brotherly love. Brothers covered in blood, the man's office is covered in bugs. The youth dreams cut short.